Thank you for tuning in to the best parenting show on the internet. Post Daily Dose. Hey there. This is Christy Saul, the co-founder of the Post Institute, coming at you live today. Uh, wonderful Wednesday. Um, I'm just going to chit-chat here just for a minute and give you guys a chance to log in. I'm a little early today because... Um, I have a 6.30 meeting to get to, and so I'm hopping on a little early. I talked with Brian. He says he will be back tomorrow. He gave us these, these praying hands. Praying hands, thank you, and I will be back tomorrow. And so I know that he is, um, you know, sometimes we all need to have a chance to sort of unplug and um, enjoy whatever downtime we can get. So, hey, Mimi, how's it going? Hope all is good with you in Oklahoma City. Ah, so today has been a great day. It's been like super busy. I've been super productive. I hope you guys have had a productive day and that you have felt like you were in the flow. Man, isn't it nice when we are in that flow where, you know, things run relatively smoothly and we're kind of in our zone of productivity and, you know, being that I'm, uh, over 50, you know, I'm grateful on those days when brain fog isn't present, <laughs> you know, when I feel like I'm sharp and things are coming at me, you know, coming to me and I'm able to think clearly and I'm able to articulate my thoughts, you know, that's, that to me, that's flow and I, everybody has a different state of flow. So to me, flow is where there's just enough challenge to, you know, keep you going, but things are not so difficult that you feel defeated. And that's what the gaming industry has gotten so good at. They get it. They understand flow. And if you notice the games that your children spend the most time playing, it's ones that strike their flow. So you could actually learn a bit about what their flow is and where their sweet spot is for learning just by seeing the things that they are most interested and attracted to. So there's just a little bit of, you know, a little bit of information for whatever that's worth. So um, I wanted to talk about my topic tonight is lying. And so I've been also bringing up this book. Uh, this is one of the absolute best books when it comes to parenting and especially parenting children who come from difficult places. Um, we have it on promo. Uh, you can get it for $7.95 at the website from feartolovebook.com. And when you buy the book, you also get the ebook and you get an audio version of the books. And then you also uh, get opportunities to upgrade. So, um, and uh, last night I mentioned the book study. Um, so we do a six week study of this book where we go through each chapter, hit the highlights, have discussion, conversation. Uh, they are small groups. We limit it to 10 attendees so that the group leader can really um, get to know you all and really focus on you and help you guys um, build relationships with other people in the group. So um, the link for um, registration, I think I got it fixed. So I knew there was an issue and I appreciate you guys. Man, I'll just tell you, um, I've, we've been doing this for so long that I've gotten so comfortable with not being perfect. Maybe too comfortable. <laughs> but, you know, uh, if you guys follow our page, you know, I'm not offended if somebody points out a typographical error. In fact, I appreciate it. It's not my strong suit. And sometimes I get in a rush and I put things out and then I realize the link. Somebody says, oh, the link didn't work. So thank you. Thank you for gracefully 
letting me know when I make a mistake and giving me opportunities to correct the mistakes. And my perspective about that is it just gives us a chance to get to know each other a little bit better. So it doesn't bother me. Um, and I'm always grateful when people point it out so I can get it fixed, you know, that's important. So anyway, the link is, I just put it up and, and so it's right below this video if you go to the Post Institute Facebook page. And if you're on our email list, you've already been getting announcements. So just so you know, if you don't know, sign up for our email list because those people always get the first opportunities. So um, anyway, enough advertisement. I wanna talk to you guys about lying. Uh, chapter nine in the book From Fear to Love by Brian Post. When a child tells a lie, it comes from a place of sheer terror. Wow. Um, lying is such a big issue. Um, I'm just gonna, let's just talk about it, man. And it feels like lying has become like the norm. Like, you know, fake profiles and people not being who they say they are. And it's really hard to build any kind of stable, long-lasting relationships when lying is a big part of it. Um, and I think as parents, when our kids are not telling us the truth about things, um, a few things happen. It makes it hard for us to advocate for them. It makes us. It makes it hard for us to know how to guide and direct them because our decision making. We try to base our decision making on the information they're giving us. So um, this chapter is really awesome, and Brian also has an incredible book that is called. Uh, how to end lying now. So I'm just gonna talk about a couple of real basic concepts when it comes to lying. I see two things predominantly. One is lying to um, because of fear. Well, lying is out of fear and stress. So the fear of disapproval, the fear of rejection. And we know that for kids who come from tough places, that those are very deep blueprints. So. Fear is the root of lies. So the fear of disappointing you, the fear of uh, punishment, the fear of repercussions for behaviors that they may have had that they weren't really even completely conscious of because never underestimate the impact of trauma. So, you know, let's just play this little scenario out because I've heard it so many times. Um, we may not have it so much now because we're all home together. Hey, Mr. Harold, and hey, Ashley, good to see you guys. Um, so, um, so let's talk just stealing from school, stealing from the teacher's desk. Um, that has been one that's crossed our path so many times, and then coming home and lying about where this or that thing came from. And so, um, God, Brian just does such a great job of talking about his own personal experiences regarding stealing. It's all in this same kind of avenue. And so there's this, first of all, there's the rush. Um, stealing, um, shoplifting, stealing can all be very addictive because there's this really big buildup of tension. And then the stealing happens and it feels like... <sighs> so the stealing offers this relief and he would talk about, my phone just rang, how sometimes he would steal things that he didn't even need. He'd steal it and then throw it in the trash. 
So there's this real powerful um, underlying dynamic that happens when it comes to stealing. And since I started off talking about stealing from like the teacher's desk and then you bring this thing home or it's found in the backpack and a big story gets told about how that thing got there. So you can see all along the way the trauma, the connection of trauma and how it perpetuates all these layers of difficulty. <clears throat> the other area that I see, excuse me, the other area that I see lying happen quite often is um, what I call um, fantastical thinking. And uh, I didn't, it didn't really come to a full awareness for me until I was working with the family about two years ago when we started talking about some lying behavior that her son was demonstrating. And it was super fantastical. In fact, in this book, um, there's like this really great little story of fantastical lying where Brian, um, and this is the true story, where he told his friend uh, that he was going to be gone for the weekend because he was going to go be visiting his real dad, Drew Pearson. Drew Pearson is, you know, an ex-Dallas guy, you know, old, old retired Dallas Cowboy football player. And, you know, Brian is all about America's team. And so as a child, he told a fantastical lie to his friend. Right. Um, so these fantastical lies, I feel like what I've realized is it's um, it again, it's coming from a place of stress and fear, but it's a drop down of regression. And so it's like imagination. If you heard a two year old say something like I had a party with Dora while we were in Tanzania. You wouldn't think anything of that. You would just know that that is a child's mind and it's fantastical thinking and it's their beautiful imagination. Well, the thing is, is even with older children, when they're, especially when there's a history of trauma, when regression takes place and that can come, that regression comes as a stress reaction, right? So stress heightens, they're regressed. And then they say something like, yeah, I played on the Dallas, you know, I got to shoot baskets um, at the Dallas foot basketball game last week. And I, you wouldn't believe it, but I shunk, sunk three, three pointers during pregame, <laughs> right? That's like so out there, right? That's like almost verbatim something that a 14 year old young man said to an older person uh, and it all was taking place. It's in what other people might see as just kind of a calm family setting, but we don't always realize that sometimes these family situations or family gatherings can create a lot of stress for our kids. And so, you know, obviously that was a fantastical story with the intention to impress. And it's, you know, clearly he just dropped down into a place of regression. So I just want to speak into what I see as a couple of different places that line come from, the types of line that I see really frequently with our kids and for us to understand that in both situations, they're coming from a place of stress and fear. Um, and then, oh, here's another one. Uh, because electronics are such a big deal and because of how our kids, how their brains operate, um, they can have this internal experience of really perceiving that they have done things and been places that physically they have not. But they have experienced it at such a level because of their interactions on the internet that they truly feel like 
that has truly happened. Um, I have a couple of people that that happens on a regular basis. You'll be having a conversation and they'll be like, oh yeah, I did that. Da, da, da. And you're like, really? Like, when on earth did you go there and do that? You know? And they're like, oh, well, you know, I saw it on YouTube. But they've seen it on YouTube in a manner that they actually feel like, you know, they've literally been there. So, you know, um, there's a lot to it, isn't there? There's a lot to think about, a lot to kind of unpack when it comes to thinking about why kids lie and what we can do about it. So Brian lays out this really beautiful formula um, in that ebook, Why Kids Lie and What You Can Do About It. Or maybe it's called, wait a minute, we've had a few different titles over the last 20 years. So, hey, Colleen and Gail, thank you for the 200 stars. Whoop, whoop, whoop. I am not lying. I'm excited about those 200 stars. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was like so freaking cheesy. Anyway, let me just tell you a little of his recipe. And I've seen it work over and over and over again. And the recipe is really simple. Ignore the lie, but don't ignore the child. Ignore the lie. Because we're tempted to try to aggressively get a confession. And what usually happens when we try to aggressively get this, this confession is we get more defense. We get a lot of defendedness. Their walls go right back up. Their amygdala gets re-hijacked. And away we go again. And we're just spinning and spinning and spinning our wheels in the muck of trauma. And so by ignoring the lie, but don't ignore the child... You're addressing the underlying cause of the lie, and that is the stress and fear. So ignore the lie, but don't ignore the child. And then you come back later outside of that moment, and you say, honey, when you say things that are true, it makes me really sad. That's it. Such a simple formula. It takes the authenticity of realizing where these lies are coming from, and the part that makes you sad is you know that it's affecting how stressed that they are and how scared they are. And the sad part is that it's creating these complications in their life, in the lives uh, that they, in the relationships they have with other people, but also in the relationship that they have with you. So um, that's it for tonight, folks. Um, I talked a little bit about the book. I talked about the book study. And reminded you guys of the link we talked about. And that this actually comes straight from chapter 9. And the thing is, is we really have to understand what an amygdala hijack is. How plugged in. I call it plugged in because I think of, have you ever been shocked? Like, have you ever had an electrical shock? You know, maybe you're... Yeah, messing. <laughs> or maybe that's just me. I was just trying to fix the light switch. And bap! You know, you get that. And it ca literally causes your body to jerk. Because the electricity connects with the electrical currents in your body. Right? And so I think of our kids literally having this sort of plugged-in sensation. Because of the trauma they've experienced. That there's all this sort of intense energy and static in their neurological system that makes it so difficult for them to think clearly, to be calm internally, to be calm at the brain level so that they can really be in loving relationships. And I'm going to tell you, one of the saddest parts about lying until we can get under the surface of it is that people who lie and then you talk about how much you love them internally 
they can't internalize that love because, and I'm just gonna tell you this from my own teenage experience. When I went through a phase of lying and being dishonest to my parents, and they would tell me how much they loved me and how proud they were of me. But inside, I'm like, mm, I couldn't really internalize it because I was like, yeah, but if you really knew me, if you really knew what was going on in my world, I don't know if you would feel the same. So that the lie creates a really big disconnect. And so that piece too, um, man, that leads me to feel really sad. That's like a depth of sadness that really grabs my heart. So... Ignore the lie, but don't ignore the child. Come back later after the moment and address it simply by saying, Honey, when you tell me things that aren't true, it really makes me sad. It hurts my heart. It hurts my heart. And there may come another point where you say, It really hurts my heart because I want to be a safe place for you. Because that's without saying it, it's speaking to the underlying fear and stress. What I have had most parents, many parents tell me is when they use this approach that within three or four occurrences, they start seeing a shift that their kids will begin to correct themselves or they'll come back later and they'll say, oh, but you know, wait a minute, this is, this is really what's more true. And that's because their stress and fear is lowering those, those, uh, re the reactiveness and that plugged in feeling you're helping to helping to calm all that nervous, anxious, fearful energy. So um, I hope that's helpful. Um, actually, in the, I'm going to go back and I'm going to put a link to the book. And I'm also going to put a link to um, the website so that you guys can easily find the um, Why Kids Lie and What We Can Do About It ebook. I think it's like $3.95 on the website and it's an instant PDF download. So if you're interested in picking that up, I'll try to make it as easy for you guys as I can. Um, the slots for the book study are filling up really really quickly. So if you're interested in that, please don't wait. Um, and I hope that you guys have a chance to relax. Enjoy your children. Uh, get, your, get your dinner done and whatever chores that uh, require being done. And if you have nice weather, go outside and play, enjoy the sunshine, laugh, get some movement in. Um, remember, they're just babies and they're, you know, rebel in their cute quirkiness. Uh, Amy says uh, that she, I regressed today. Uh, I'm really curious about that. Do you want to tell me more so I can love on you about that a little bit? Because, you know, when we stress, we regress. And it's true for all of us. Um, we can all get stressed out and overwhelmed and in that place. Oftentimes, our kids will regress to being two because toddlerhood is very challenging. And that is a point of, um, Brian uses the term trauma barrier. And so they drop down into a place where there was like lots of trauma. And so toddlerhood is a very frequent place that our kids drop into. And oftentimes, as adults, we drop into a place of adolescence. So then we have a 13-year-old babysitter in charge of an, a regressed 13-year-old who's now a 2-year-old. And we're all waiting for the parents to come home. So I don't know if that helps, Amy. I totally said, why 
I'm guessing it says, why do you keep lying to me? It's okay. Yeah. I'm not stupid. Mm. Yeah. Your frustration. You hit a window of stress where you were outside of your window of stress tolerance. Man, I'm a big believer in the pause whenever we can. Basically, you took it personally. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Man, that's a big one, isn't it? See, sometimes when, especially if our self-care is lacking or if we've just been at it, at it, at it, and I think about quarantine and I think about how we're all human, how any of us, you know, we all have an amygdala. It can all get flipped. We all have early life experiences that inform how we, our lens of the world. And um, you're trying really hard with that behavior and you're trying really hard with your child and in that moment you took it personally there's going to be another opportunity though you're going to have another opportunity to work that out and so that's another beautiful thing that with time is on your side sometimes it doesn't feel like it you know sometimes it's like we feel like we have to be in such a hurry to crack the code to get these behaviors under control and blah 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 blah, blah. but truly time is on your side and so life is going to give you an opportunity amy to address that again with your child. And, um, you know, hopefully this evening, just, you know, you can find a, a space to just put all that aside. Put that, the, that diff it was a difficult moment. It was just one moment out of the whole day. And there's a whole lot of day left. And so let your energy calm. I feel like I'm in a battle with his demons. I think sometimes we get into this mindset that um, through love, our children will become what we want them to be instead of through love, they can become the best versions of themselves. And so, yeah, I know sometimes you are fighting demons. Hopefully, he can feel you fighting demons alongside him. That would be the place to get to, but that takes time. You know, it takes time and it, it takes going through some things and a lot of times, depending on your child's age and the time that they came to your home and a whole lot of whole lot of pieces, um, you have to go through some really tough things for them to experience that you're not going anywhere and you really are on their side and you really do have their back. Um, I know for me and my son, that wasn't until the mid-20s that he really was like, yeah, I really know that you're not gonna fix everything. <laughs> you're not gonna rescue me because you just can't, but that you really are on my side and you really do have my back. That doesn't mean I'm always in agreement with every decision he makes, but it does mean that I'm not gonna leave you because of a bad decision. I'm still here, you know, we're still in it together. Like Mimi says in the foreword of this book, and we talked a little bit about last night, as long as God gives us air to breathe, there is hope. The challenges are real. The, the taking it personal is real. The difficulty, the wanting, the relationship so bad that sometimes it hurts. And so we do take it really personally when things aren't going in that flow. But I'm telling you, cracking that code by ignoring the lie, but don't ignore the child, pausing, walking away, all of those things. I mean, I've had to do all of them, all of them many times. And then coming back. Uh, it really is very effective. And so, Amy, thank you. 
when we share from that place of transparency and vulnerability, also, Amy, in this piece, this little conversation that we've had with you putting your messages up, you've taken responsibility. And so maybe there's a place that you can take responsibility with your son. Maybe there's a place that you can, I don't know, you know, I don't know. Uh, maybe there's a place of coming back and apologizing for being so upset. And, you know, I'm, so, I'm sorry I got so upset about the lie, but it just hurts my heart. I'm going to try not to take that hurt out on you in the future. That might be helpful. That might help build a bridge. But again, you know, there's going to be another opportunity. You know, there's going to be another lie. <laughs> You know, and you're going to get a chance to love him through it. So much love to you guys. Again, make time. Make it a point to make time to set all those worries, all those stressors, all that upset, all the frustration aside. And you might even say that to your kids. You know, maybe that needs to happen where you just say, okay, so everything that's happened up until now, all the stress, let's just set it aside. Anything we're upset about or worried about, we can come pick it up later. And I just let's just snuggle on the couch and watch this show together. Whatever fits for you guys. You trust what you know about your babies and trust what you know that they need. Much love to you guys. Hey, um, Julie, uh, the link for the book study is on the web on the Facebook page now. So um, you might want to take a look at that. I know you mentioned it last night. So anyway, much love to you guys. Have a great evening and. Brian said with these praying hands that he would be with us tomorrow, but if not, you know, we'll just keep chatting it up until he feels like he can get back to us. Much love to you guys. Take care.